Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I literally don't want you to sit there right now. All right, so I'd like to take a break. Have you got a case of you? Have a bite? Kyle, I literally don't want you to sit there right now. What? I heard every word you said about Carl. I heard every single word that you said about Coral just now in that seat. I can't hear anything here, so... Uh, okay. I'm telling you, I heard every single word that you said about Coral, and it pisses me off. I'm trying to have a okay. first night here, and you're well, ruining you it. Just no, I get that, but what you're saying right now is... <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine. Um, congratulations. You're now down to two uh, two more times where I get to solicit unabashedly for uh, five-star only ratings and reviews because it's my birthday week. My birthday's on Monday. So um, yeah, if you want to skip on around and do that, I would be very grateful. Thank you very much. But let's get into the episode now, ugh, Vanderpump Rules and Summer House are both firing on all cylinders, and I am so, like, overwhelmed and happy. I never thought that I would feel this way again, and it's just nice to have that old thing back. I'm looking at you, Vanderpump Rules, but we'll get into you guys in a second. We're going to talk about Summer House first. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Things happened, didn't they? Ugh, the episode begins real soft. I mean, just... Boring, boring. Sam and Sam is friend zoning Chris. Really, everybody friend zoned Chris. Every single woman friend zoned Chris this episode, but I bet you didn't notice that because he's so boring. Not jumping off the page for me. How did they find somebody less interesting than Alex? What is going on? I'm now thinking back on Alex, like. He made that one Honda Civic joke about Austin and I'm like, in my mind, he was like fucking Richard Pryor compared to Chris. 
Jesus. Anyway, um, Sam also not really jumping off the page for me. I think maybe part of it is because I know Sam. I've met Sam a thousand times before in the last 12 years, and I just don't care. You're type A. You do yoga. Like, good for you, girl. You go up and you do Orange Theory, and it's great, and like Pilates, and then you go out to like STK. I love that for you. Don't care. Moving on. We're at the beach. Maya decides to talk to Lindsay. And she says she thinks that there's a thing happening where Maya is in her feelings. And I think that's true. Maya admits herself that she takes friendships very seriously and that she really thought that she connected to Carl. So she has to talk to Kyle first. They're going to run some game and then divide and conquer, so to speak. But did you guys notice standing desk energy that I, that Kyle said to Maya, Oh, I have a really hard time sitting down. See, I know my boy, man. I know him. Don't play with me. Maya tells Kyle, I'm really not sure what I want to do because I just feel like I shouldn't be the one to initiate this conversation. So then she asks Kyle, like, have you spoken to Carl? So Kyle starts talking about how, you know, I reached out to him about a month ago about his job, blah, blah, blah. But she's like, no, I'm talking about your relationship. Not the professional stuff. Like you, Carl and Kyle, like, have you talked about that? So Kyle says that he's kind of irked because nothing has changed on his end. And that's why he's really freaked out. So they decide right then and there, they got to talk to Carl and Lindsay separately. So Kyle, I think, touched on something, but didn't quite hit it. He says, I haven't changed. Nothing has changed on my end. But everything has changed for Carl. You know, everything in his life has had to be reframed. He's now not only sober, but like... Uh, you know, figuring things out. Now he's in this relationship that's probably going to be his permanent relationship. These are really massive changes. And yeah, you haven't changed. And maybe that's the issue. I think Carl has decided that like his life has to be regimented for, you know, whatever reason. And he can't spend his days partying and screaming and being like, yeah, buddy, you know, all day. He can't do that anymore, you know, and that's fine. And it's perfectly fine that like Kyle does that because, you know, if we can, a lot of you guys say that Kyle's immature and like, sure, that's true. But like, he's also got a shit together in a lot of ways. Like he's got a pretty successful business, you know? I mean, if he wants to party and like have that like work hard, play hard dynamic, then that's his choice. I don't really care. I, I you know, I'm not like offended by Kyle's behavior. Once Kyle goes over to Carl he starts to ask about how he reached out to Carl like a month ago about the job and what was going on if he's happy you know and Carl said he's just been so busy with moving in that he hasn't been able to like share or respond to what Kyle said now I have to give a point to Kyle on this one because now I'm hearing that Kyle tried to have this conversation with him at least on their with regard to their professional relationship off camera before they got into the house like this was something that he tried to do and Carl just like couldn't get around to it now like not to be too inside baseball but I like remember (laughs) seeing Lindsay and Carl's incessant Instagram posts and stories about their moving process and the company who's helping them move in and the company that's helping them organize and look at our closets and look at blah, 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 blah. All the spawn con. Like, I'm sorry. You can't, that was what you were so busy doing. Like, okay. 
Like, I would understand that as the business owner, you don't really want to hear anybody in your employee being like, I was too busy, like, making money doing sponsored posts on Instagram to, like, attend to my actual job. Like, (laughs) that would piss me off, too. And, like, I don't exist in the corporate world, but I would imagine that, like, even in wherever the fuck America, being nobody and not a person on TV... Being like, I can't attend to uh, serious business matters about my relationship with the company for weeks because I'm moving. <laughs> I just don't feel like people would take too kindly to that. So Kyle, Carl finally tells Kyle, there have been days where I've been like pissed and I just feel undervalued or like my working my ass off. And sometimes I feel like I'm the face of the brand. And honestly, like my ego does kind of like that. But... I also feel like I'm doing more than you. I feel like I'm doing more than Amanda and that the effort that I'm putting in is not really being seen as much. So Kyle says, listen, I love you and Lindsay together, but there is something different. And the only thing that I can think of is that she's in your ear. I don't like this. The the narrative of like Lindsay being in the ear because it's true <laughs> But like there, we all know that there's like a stereotype to that. It's like, she's the, the puppet master, you know, just like doing all of this behind the scenes. But I think really is that what's probably happening is that Lindsay is hearing Carl talk a bunch of shit and she's like, get the fuck out. But what he's not doing is telling anybody. And I think it's very annoying that like people are having to approach him about things that he should be saying. If you're that unhappy in your job and your boss is now approaching you twice about what they can do to make it better, you got to say something at some point. Like that does seem like pretty gracious. And when people are only hearing your thoughts through somebody else, it's like kind of honestly unfair to Lindsay on your behalf, Carl, to like let her kind of take the fall for this. Because like, let's be real, even if he says to Kyle, like she has my best interest in mind, she's hearing me at late night when I'm doing these things and she's wondering like what it's all for and she's got my best interest in mind and I need to listen to that. Like all that's going to be distilled is like Lindsay's in your ear. Like, we know that's not true, but it's like, that is the message that's being delivered. Kyle tells Carl he just needs more honesty. And Carl's like, sure, I'm writing up a letter to respond to you. So then Kyle says in a confessional, I think this is bullshit. I think Loverboy has given him a purpose when he's had none. And I'm sure that Lindsay's bored. She's sitting on the couch, not working herself, complaining about how he's working too much. (laughs) Eeeh. Eeeh. Jerez comes back. Chris's friend, the the beef, the beef man, hot beef, hot beef on the beach. And Lindsay tries to get Gabby to talk to him, but Gabby's playing cool, trying to play coy. She says, I don't think people catch on, caught on to this. It's what I've been trained to do, which I felt was more of like a psychological thing. Like, let's unpack that. than like, I'm a bad bitch. That's what I thought. But uh, you know, Lindsay's very honest and is like, uh, I don't know how to play it cool. Never have, never will. So maybe let's ask Paige or, or somebody else about how to do this. So they finally introduce or reintroduce Gabby to Jerez. And they're like, oh, what's your birthday? And I think he says July 14th or 15th. And Gabby, as we know her, the astrological queen that she uh, purported herself to be last week is like, uh-uh. 
No, thank you. Pass off. They're triggering for me. I hate cancer men. They're historically dishonest. No, thank you. <laughs> she goes, I'm going to say it with my whole chest. Cancer men are sociopaths. So Jerez is just sitting there, standing there like, uh, okay. <laughs> Do you have maybe some examples? And she goes, yeah, my ex-boyfriend, he ghosted me. He popped up days later taking pics with some new chick at Coachella that he said was his girlfriend. She goes, how are you going to defend that? And he goes, I, I, I wasn't even trying to. I just, I, I was asking a question. <laughs> so... So then in a confessional, Gabby says that that dude, her ex-boyfriend, cheated on her for three of the four years that they were together. So it really made her reassess, like cancer men as a whole. So Jerez says, you want to be proven wrong? She goes, no, I don't need to be proven wrong. I already know that I'm right. But it was nice talking to you. (laughs) People really went in on her. Andy went in on her on Watch What Happens Live. I mean, whatever. Like... (laughs) I'm not, I'm having fun with Gabby. I think she might be a little bit um, divisive, but I think she's funny. <laughs> like, I, I'm interested in seeing what she's bringing to the table. And listen, we see men reject women for the worst reasons all the time. And let's flip it up, okay? Jerry Seinfeld made a whole fucking show. And half the premise was about him breaking up with women for stupid reasons. So, you know, that man's a billionaire. So let Gabby live. <laughs> Okay, so at this point, Maya takes Lindsay aside and she's like, listen, I don't think it's worth it to rehash things, but I really want to move forward, which is like, she kind of lost me on that one because let's get into it. I want to know exactly what was said. Let's talk about it. They did kind of get into it, but Lindsay says, okay, I heard, I talked to Carl after y'all talked. I didn't raise my voice at you. And Maya goes, well, your tone is really harsh. You spoke to me in a way that I've never been spoken to in my life. So Lindsay goes, okay, well, here's what happened in my head. You told me that you texted Carl to smoke with you. And I immediately said, do you think that you should have had a conversation with me? And you said, well, it was something that you guys did last summer. At the time, I was sober for my boyfriend. And you were asking him to smoke weed with you without even caring that I'm not drinking to support him. (laughs) Time out. (laughs) out. This is a lot. Like, Lindsay could be making a point. But to me, this is not one of them. Like, now Maya has to be responsible for the fact that you made the choice you made the choice to be sober for carl but she's only ever known carl to be like california sober so okay it makes even more sense for you to be like oh maybe you should have checked in on carl's sobriety because his was shaky at the time and you didn't know it but to be like you need to be responsible for me choosing to be sober is like no i don't (laughs) I really don't. Or if it's like, I don't talk to my man and it, it was like a little too close for me, a little bit too comfortable, then okay, say that. But like, I just don't, I'm not going to buy into Maya having to be responsible for a choice that Lindsay made that Maya probably didn't even know about. Or maybe she did or like whatever, but that was Lindsay's choice. And what does her choice to be sober have to do with Carl's choice to be California sober? She should have known that Lindsay, right? Like, So what does it matter? I don't get it. I'm not getting it. (laughs) Maya then tells Lindsay, you accuse me of a lot. Lindsay flat out denies it. So she's like, listen, we're not going to agree on what happened. So (laughs) she gets up and Lindsay's like, okay, great. Walk away. You're just shutting me out. Walk away. So Maya goes, you accuse me of wanting Carl in a sexual way. And then Lindsay denies it again. 
and says it's super disrespectful. And I was like, yeah, I know. I, I'm so terrible. I'm really sorry, Lindsay. I'm so bad. Oh, no. <laughs> and so then Lindsay goes, are you telling me that I'm not allowed to be upset? And Maya's like, you can feel whatever the fuck you want, bitch. Okay. <laughs> whatever you want. So then this gets into the semantics of whether or not people should be called bitch. Because it, Maya says, I'm not calling you a bitch. I'm just saying bitch like I would to a friend. But Lindsay goes, well, you just said that we weren't friends. So <laughs> what's good? Fair. So Lindsay then says that she wants to have a civilized conversation, but that Maya is the one who keeps changing the narrative. So Maya goes, listen, we can coexist. Maybe we can come back to each other at some point, but if not, like, you know, it's not going to happen if we keep talking in circles. So they don't really make up. They just decide to make peace and see how things go. Now, last week on Watch What Happens Live, Lindsay said that they did make up. And I think she almost said that Maya was kind of, one of the closest people to her in the house that summer. But then Andy asked Maya about it this week and she was like, well, I thought that we had made up and I thought we were all good, but um, I'm thinking not, which leads me again to my point that I think there's a lot of things with the summer house cast that we don't see and that we're not privy to that. I think a lot of context is missing because these people are actually, close to each other and actually hang out and have real relationships i i just feel like we're missing i don't know Lindsay and maya are telling two very different stories like they're the venn diagram is not great (laughs) with what went on with this and i trust both of them so i just don't know what to make of it i really don't and also with regard to the text message that maya sent to carl Carl said last week, yeah, I don't really understand, which I didn't really like. It kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I don't really understand, like, I didn't understand that she liked me that much or she took our friendship that seriously because we only hung out a couple times after the show. Um, And Maya says that his response to the text message was, like, not, like, oh, that was weird. Like, it, she says, like, he was down. Release the text messages. Like, go full Katie Maloney and release a bunch of text messages. (laughs) Screenshots, I want to see them all. Let's talk about it. Everybody gets back to the house and, you know, the girls all pile up into those beds and just gossip about what what happened that day, right? They're talking about Jerez. Gabby's like, eh, he's not my first husband. (laughs) Which I'm stealing, by the way. (laughs) It's okay. Then they ask Maya how things went. And Maya goes, uh, well... There was a hug at the end, but she says it where it sounds like hook. And so Amanda thinks you hit her (laughs) genuinely concerned. They decide to grill out that night. Just have a chill night at home. Oliver Maya's then boyfriend comes over. Oh, she said that they broke up in what September or something. And that he was like on some real fake shit, That he was not who he purported himself to be. Girl, what happened, girl? You know, Burgers and hot dogs, nothing special. Um, Sam and Kyle try to make a party happen, but it's basically just him uh, screaming with some sparklers and trying to play skip it. And and that was it. And honestly, he was pretty good at the skip it. Pretty impressive, actually. Uh, The morning Carl and Lindsay, I mean, very obviously go into the bathroom to fuck each other. (laughs) And good for them. Good for them. So in a confessional, the producers asked the million dollar question, what was it like when you guys had sex for the first time? Was it weird? What happened? So Lindsay says, 
<laughs> she asked him, do you see me as the mother of your future children? And he says, yes, absolutely. So she says, all right, well, let's go practice. I wish I had just a tenth of the confidence of Lindsay Hubbard. Like, I would never be able to say that to a man. Like, never. Good for her. Carl kept it real cute. He said it was great. It felt like they were making love. And Lindsay was just like, ugh, thank God it was good. (laughs) So everybody leaves the house. And then Carl and Lindsay go to brunch with Danielle. Her then boyfriend, we now found out that they broke up in November. Um, It just came out. I mean, I think we knew that, but she just officially announced it. Uh, He was working at Surf Lodge. So he now was out like in Montauk and then they have a place in um, Aspen or something. And so he's traveling. She's trying to make time to see him here and there. They're living their best life. Carl starts talking about Loverboy and how he's not Loverboying some of the things that he's been doing and he really wants to reset. So Danielle is like, okay, do you want to quit? And then Carl, you know, you know, lover boy was Kyle's dream. That was Amanda's dream. It wasn't my dream, but I did buy into it. But I also just don't think the industry is for me as a sober person. And I want to be compensated for the time and energy that I put into it. So then Danielle says, you keep giving Kyle passes. And it feels a little bit, honestly, it feels a lot of bit like you're being taken advantage of. (sighs) Didn't Carl say at the end of the reunion that he would be perfectly fine? I mean, and and granted, he isn't, he can change his mind at all times, but he did, I do remember him saying that, like, there were a lot of sober people in the liquor industry and that he didn't see itself as being a problem. But you know what? I'm going to give him grace because we can all change our minds. We have our little bits back in the city. Craig is there. a lot of conversations about poached eggs. Um, you know, Paige is still really happy with the dynamic that they hang out with their friends. They don't live together. And when Craig misses her, he can just come up to the city. No big deal. Um, Gabby has brunch with her friends. And by friends, I mean her parents. She says that she has not hung out with people. Anybody other than her parents since the pandemic started. Which, Okay. <laughs> She says her parents are in a fully codependent relationship. She loves it. She's happy with it. But she also thinks it's a little bit weird at this point. My 70-year-old father cannot be my only friend. So they ask her about her love life. And she's like, "Eh, you know, you guys all experienced my breakup with me. I know you guys want to see me happy. But I also know you guys are pretty sus about my judgment. But I need them to know that I'm never going to put myself in a, a position where I was before. What I did find interesting is that she didn't, like, talk about her... I think she has a podcast. She works with her sisters, and they have their own thing. And her sister, Danielle, is a an author. And I thought she was, like, not in any of the pictures when they showed pictures from the family. And obviously, that seems very tactical. But I wonder why. I wonder why they chose not to talk about that. So then we go downtown. There, Kyle and Amanda are at home. And Kyle tells Amanda... We're like 60 days out from losing our distributor in like the Palm Springs area. I'm looking at this email. Carl's not even CC'd on it. And I don't think he knows anything about it. So Kyle says that Carl has been neglecting that territory for like nine months. And it's a problem that as the VP of sales that Carl is, he hadn't formed a relationship with those distributors. So Amanda asks, okay, did Carl ever 
send you that email? And Kyle says, yeah, he did, but it was like a whole lot of nothing about working 90 hours a week, but nobody on the sales team seems to know what he does. And then Kyle says that ever since he's been dating Lindsay, he's been working less and he doesn't know what the hell's going on. Now, where they lost me is that both of them were like, what? Carl wants to be compensated for traveling and appearances? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Yeah, (laughs) wouldn't you? The man is an asset. Like he's clearly, you know, the face or a face of Loverboy. People associate Carl with Loverboy, you know, as much as they do Amanda, I would think. Um, And so, yeah, if he's traveling, yeah, he pay him. Like if he was doing club appearances, he would be paid. You know, like he's a brand in himself. He is an asset. He's like an influencer or something like, you know, he's got like clout. He should be paid in kind. That's where they really lost me. Like, bitch, I would be pissed about that too. Kyle says at this point, he's determined to figure something out, but they can't do it at the expense of the company. And I feel like, especially if Kyle's saying to Carl, like, yeah, you have to go out there and make appearances because I can't do it or we can't go out there and do them as much, then that lends even more credence to the fact that he should be compensated for that you know (laughs) right (laughs) but the vibe that amanda and kyle were giving were like we pay him more than he's worth already so why is he asking for even more and again let's talk about it everybody heads in for the second weekend we get sierra for the first time and she's like y'all I'm a brand new bitch. I'm coming in. I'm on a new chapter doing summer right without another, you know, Muppet 
around here. And also this year she has switched from wax to laser. So things have really changed for her. And she does seem like a different vibe already. <laughs> I appreciate that. I didn't want to not like Sierra, okay? I, I didn't want to see our girl. Do you think I wanted to watch any of what happened to Sierra have it? No. I was fighting for my damn life internally. I didn't want to see our girl be down like that. So I'm glad. I'm glad. I do not want Austin in, and I tweeted about this, I don't want him in the summer house. I don't want him in the Hamptons. I don't want him in Montauk. I don't even want him in West Hampton, which if you guys don't know, uh, people don't really con consider it like the real Hamptons. It's like on some Ramona Singer shit. It's on the other side of the highway, right? I don't want him in, damn, I don't, like... I don't even want him in Fire Island, the tri-state area. If I could ban him from the eastern seaboard, I would do that too. But like, I feel like the West Coast already has a lot of natural disasters going on. I don't think they could take the inhabitant of, of uh, you know, one Austin Kroll. I think it would tear that ecosystem right up. So <laughs> just keep him away from me Ugh, and my television stream. Chris and Sam ride up to each other, ride up together rather. But I just think, you know how, like... Okay, you, you guys watch the Grammys. <laughs> you guys watch the Grammys. Uh, and there's always like the genre that you're not interested in, right? Like for me, it's when they get to the country segment. It's like, I know this isn't for me. And I love that for you guys. And like, whatever's going on, Luke, Bryan, the rest of them, Chris Stapleton. Now I do like him. I, I, I will sit for a Chris Stapleton performance. I will say that, but generally that's like the time where I get up and stretch and I just kind of like tune out and that's what Chris and, and Sam scenes are doing for me they're just not for me I don't know who they're for but it's not me Oliver shows up and Maya makes a joke about like oh your other girlfriend's here Sierra so Sierra goes outside because Oliver's playing cornhole or whatever but Kyle's also out there Kyle sees Kyle sees Sierra first saying oh my god my boyfriend with open arms and he opens his arms like uh, okay <laughs> but then she makes a quick pivot and he looks so disappointed you guys see what I'm talking about and I, um are you guys listening to the podcast because I feel like uh there were several references made on watch what happens live Kyle and Maya um to y'all having a romance with each other and that I would like to make the record reflect that that's not what I said okay that's not what I've been saying I feel like Kyle loves black women and I feel like he loves Maya specifically but I don't let that take away from the, the marriage that he's in. I just think, I just think he's attracted to her and that's fine. Like, why would I be upset about that? Me. I love it. And honestly, I think Kyle and Maya actually look really good together. Like every picture that they take, he looks so happy. And I'm going to leave a listener, you know, because we've been DMing about it, but I'll just, I'll take this one on my own. I won't out you. That we were agreeing that they would... <laughs> That they look like a um, one of those like interracial YouTube couples, <laughs> but like in a good way, you know, like a like a more of a Lauren and Cameron kind of vibe. Like they look like that, you know. And I would subscribe. Okay, that's not an insult. <laughs> Let me move on. Sierra says in a confessional that she and Danielle are amicable at this point. She apologized to Danielle for, you know, the Cabernet to the face. And she hopes over the summer that they can find a way to be in better graces or better spirits or whatever the fuck the saying is. It seems like they were. And this is like, if the dissemination of Lindsay and Danielle is like the number one storyline that I'm interested in, the friendship between Sierra and Danielle is 
number two. I, I got to get eyes on that. The Paige and Amanda start talking about Carl and Lindsay being gone because they are in California that week and for a wedding. And Amanda says that Kyle is freaking out because Carl left for that wedding in Malibu didn't say anything until the last minute. So apparently he told, he sent the email like, Hey guys, I'm going out of town tomorrow on Thursday. He left out on Friday, like no notice. Right? So Kyle's on one. So everybody goes out to dinner. We get another confessional moment from Chris about how boring he is because he works so much. Like, okay. I wish the best for him. I really do. But like, I just don't need to see it. I don't need to see it. I don't need to see it. And I don't want to. Oh my God. So here's what happens. Like the, where they're seated at this restaurant, it's loud. And there's a lot of patrons around and you know, one half of the table can't really hear the other half. Um, Maya and Kyle and Amanda are on one end and like the girls and Danielle are on the other side. So Amanda gets up to like, go kick it with the girls, talk to them about whatever. And so that leaves Maya and Kyle alone. So they're like, yo, we haven't really, you know, checked in with each other since we had our individual conversations. Like what happened? Kyle says, I feel like I just have to have a conversation with Carl on a weekday because I know that Lindsay's in his ear. Listen, Maya, I love the idea of them together. I was so happy when I found out that I cried, but I just, I'm still adjusting. Then Kyle says that they have at Loverboy no limit on vacation. As long as you give two weeks notice, as long as you're doing what you got to do, totally fine. And, but like I said, they found out on Thursday that Carl was leaving on a Friday and then he was also going across the country and being MIA. But then like, it's just hard to explain to the salespeople, the other salespeople, why their VP is posting on Instagram while they're trying to meet their monthly goal, right? Like, they're working hard, and here he is, right? He's like, tells Maya, he's checked out, and I've given him so much leniency. Leniency is in his ear about not being appreciated, but when I hired him, he was unhirable, and he showed up to work drunk. Now, at this point, Danielle can hear what Kyle's saying, and she's like, hmm, let me just eavesdrop on this for a bit. Gabby is actually sitting next to Kyle, and she's, like, low-key trying to be like, I don't think we should talk about this. I don't know if this is, like, appropriate. (laughs) But Kyle is not hearing any of this. Then Kyle drops a bomb of Carl showed up to one day to work one day so coked out that he didn't bring his laptop, (laughs) which shout out to Chrissy Teigen for saying like, oh, I thought that would have been like a much more uh, crazy story than he just forgot his work computer. (laughs) It was a little bit of a letdown. Then Kyle says the world needs to know. Oh, Nope, 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 Kyle, no. Kyle, no. Kyle, no. And also, we did know. Why does Hannah talk about this a couple years ago? And everybody's like, Hannah, shut the fuck up. Which she should have. But also, Kyle, you need to be shutting the fuck up right now. So Amanda goes back to the side of the table with, you know, Kyle and Maya 
and Sierra, who's decided, I'm going to take this opportunity that Kyle's pissed off and walked away to try his salmon. <laughs> I'm just, just going to scooch over here and have a bite. Oh, this is very good salmon. Mm, shout out to that. So Kyle comes back to the table, but he sits on the side where Danielle is. And he's like trying to cool down. And Danielle's like, Kyle, I literally don't want you to sit here. But Kyle has no idea that she's like pissed off. He's like, no, I'm just like, you know, I'm just trying to chill out. Like, I just need a break. She's like, no, literally, Kyle, I, I don't want you to sit here. I heard everything you said about Carl and it pisses me off. What you're saying right now was really unfair. So Kyle goes, do you have any idea what's going on? I'd love to hear your story and whatever Carl and Lindsay have uh, told you, downloaded you on. So Danielle says, they don't need to download me on anything. You just said that Carl shows up to work coked out and that's really unfair because is that something that happened two weeks ago or did it happen however many years ago? So Kyle then says at one point he intervened with Carl about doing coke and stopping it. And Danielle says, okay, but wasn't that over a year ago? And now you're using it as a reason to not give him more money. So Kyle goes, oh, so that's what he wants. He wants more money. Hmm. <laughs> so then Kyle says, okay, let's do this, Danielle. If Carl left the company, we wouldn't feel a fucking thing. <laughs> Gabby <laughs> is just pure art at this point. She's got her martini in one hand, a French fry in the other. Her eyes are like, girl, I don't want to be here. Oh, no. <laughs> It was perfect. And so then Danielle tells Kyle, how are you going to talk shit about Carl in front of me? So Kyle says, are you kidding me? I made him VP of sales when that guy was unhirable for four years. You're seeing the Carl today all put together. But Danielle goes, no, I've seen all the versions of Carl. <laughs> like she dated him, right? So Kyle tells her, listen, you can talk when you see what's going on at Loverboy Monday through Friday. And she goes, well, I don't want to work there. So... <laughs> Like wasn't really a good comeback, but you know that Kyle then gets up again and walks away. Oh man, what a mess. Like I really wish that Kyle had not said that. And I also feel like he was not as apologetic. I, well, I don't think he apologized at all. I'd watch what happens live. And I hope he does. I hope he understands like how unfair that is to Carl, how unprofessional that was in general, <laughs> You know, and really like unpack that because it's it was not good. Not good. Basically, all he said on Watch What Happens Live was like, oh, you know, I'm not uh, great at timing. You know, he, I, to me, he didn't really seem that sorry. But then uh, I think at one point, Andy asked Danielle if she, excuse me, Andy asked uh, Maya rather if she felt like the relationship between uh Carl and Kyle is fixable and she says at this point I don't think so so I mean what happened and they also continued this narrative by the way that Amanda started last week that or last year rather that got Lindsay really pissed off about her being like the worst uh or the least friendly cast member to you know people in the wild um like that Lindsay is rude uh Maya said it too and so did Kyle What's going on, you guys? We gotta find out. Y'all, what have you come on the podcast and tell me what's tea? What's what's going on that we're not seeing on this television show? Let let me know. Let me know. You can do it after the reunion and, and you know, we'll talk about it. 
Okay. Right here. Like, you did not need to talk about the most painful day of my life. So none of your business. He didn't have to answer questions if he didn't okay, want but, to. But like, I, I don't care what you think. There's no room for your feelings and thoughts in what we have going on. There's no room for you in this. Don't get too mad. Like, Shorts and I didn't even make out. I know. So, I like, say. it's not even a big deal. I'm, I'm saying what, what she was trying to but do. But that wasn't happened. my intention. I'm not dangling the carrot of Raquel. We're all friends. You're saying that you've been going, like, shorts, shorts, shorts. It makes me feel uncomfortable. And, I, okay, for that, I'm sorry, and I won't do that anymore, but you literally, Katie. I don't care. I'm not comfortable with it. Stop. Okay. Stop. I right understand now. that enough. now. And enough. I'm not pushing enough. it enough. anymore. Enough. No, no. I'm not process. pushing it anymore. Ooh, episode three. I could not contain to adjust a top 10 as I've been doing the last two weeks. I got to 17 and I was like, well, we're going to have to do something different this week. There was just so much to get into. But yeah, let's get into Vanderpump Rules this week. Uh, so Raquel ended up having to take Graham because he was feeling a little bit low, her dog, last week. And so she tells Lisa during... I'm glad we got the scene out of the way because now it's very obvious that Lisa has to do like at least one scene in every episode. So we got that out of the way. Raquel has to do her one shift to pretend like she's working there at Sir. So they join together. What a powerful duo. And, um, you know, Raquel tells her about Graham. And so LVP has this classic method. For those of you who watch It's Always Sunny, you know the dentist system? Like, I feel like there is a an LVP system within her, and I watched it, and I loved it, and I kind of, it made me get a little itch, a little tingle for her to come back on Beverly Hills. Um, but, you know, first she tells, step one, drops the seed, plants the seed, right? Raquel, I really feel like you've lost direction, which leads Raquel into saying, you know, she's feeling a little bit lost. She's feeling a little bit sad. She's missing her relationship. She's dealing with the pain of that breakup with James. And so then we go into part two, right? Ah, you're still in love with him, aren't you? And then she just stares at Raquel until she starts crying. <laughs> and then she makes it about herself by doing some sort of lady in the tramp move with the napkin. Oh, Raquel, you're crying. Oh, I'm I'm crying too. Oh, I'm crying too now. Let, give me the napkin, please. Oh, oh, stiffen up. Stiffen up now, okay? Oh, okay. Anyway, I gotta go now. Uh, get a new napkin for this table. It's disgusting with all your self-tanner and makeup. Bye. Then we move on to Ariana and Katie. They're still working on their sandwich stop. They're trying to get investors. They're not trying to put their own money into it. Smart. And they go to this place that is off the market and um, very loosey goose with the toilets. There was one right in the middle of the, the room, the space. You know, it's a little off-putting. It's hard to envision. You know, it's hard to envision the future of people like sitting and enjoying a sandwich when there's a toilet where there should be like a bar stool or, you know, a station or something. It's just hard for me, for me. Um, but anyway, honestly, Katie starts talking in a confessional about how she has a history in the restaurant industry because her mom had a restaurant. Um, and I noticed she kept showing there, they kept showing pictures of the restaurant logo. So I was like, okay, obviously I have to kick it on over to, uh, the Baja, Baja restaurant <laughs> reviews. Now I wonder if maybe Katie's mom sold the restaurant in recent years because, the ratings fell off big time, big time. Um, so I just wanted to, sorry, not want to talk about this, um, this, uh, scene. I really wanted to get into this one review from a woman named Brighton that I saw on Yelp because she really cracked me up. Um, she goes, 
I'd rate this zero out of five, but I can't do it. So I give it a one out of five. Absolutely horrendous on all aspects of the business from the food to comma to service comma and the environment itself. The food to start wasn't just terrible for person, but terrible for everyone. Every person who ordered Simple Street Tacos was not so delightfully surprised to find the bottom of their tacos, C-H-E-R-E, plastered in refried beans to unreasonable amount. We had a girl order a quesadilla. You guys ready for this? She spelled quesadilla. <laughs> C-A-S. C-A-S-E-I-D-I-A. Quesadilla. Which you would think would be impossible to mess up, but somehow the tortilla itself was so soaked beyond repair. As for the service, I'm going to leave this person's name out, our waitress, I just hope that she isn't as neglectful to her children as she was to us. Otherwise, she'd be hearing, spelled herring like the bird, um, from CPS. We might as well have been in a desert for the amount of water that was refilled. Additionally, when we finally received our overpriced bill, we were met by the automatically attached gratuity of 18%. And let me tell you, she was nowhere deserving of 18%. (laughs) Good God. The cherry on top was looking over to my right in this Mexican restaurant and being met with an Italian poster. All caps, never come here. Downloaded Yelp just to post this, dot, dot, dot. And then she attached a picture (laughs) Oh my god, shout out to you, Brighton. You're a real one for that. A real what? I'm not sure, but you're real for sure. Oh my god, let's move on. Um, Sheena goes over to Tom's new apartment. It's, you know, really uh, in a state. Apparently he's got some chick that, or he says it's a friend, named Joe living there. They've never fucked. And Sheena looks over at this apartment that has not been really unpacked at all and she's like yeah i I can believe it there's not a chance anybody would want to fuck you in this apartment and i had to agree i really did um but you know what may wonders never cease so they address the rumors as if you guys remember around coachella that raquel and tom had made out but tom was like i wasn't even at coachella i don't even know what you guys were talking about but literally like five minutes later we find out that they actually did make out like in real time but you know it's not happened on the show yet but watch what happens anyway um so sheena's like well would you like to make those rumors true and he's like yeah i mean well (laughs) what can i say (laughs) girl and the girl here is Schwartz. what i know what you're doing i know what your game recognized game game and we all see it ariana says it later in the episode how we all feel how we've all been feeling about tom Schwartz for a long time finally we fucking said it but more on that later um so then uh back at sir lvp approaches james james just so happens to want to be there with Allie in the middle of the day knowing that raquel's gonna be there but okay so lvp is like oh james i'm so sorry about the dog and there's like a who's on first kind of situation because he is thinking oh she's just talking about the fact that like we broke up i don't get to see the dog anymore but she's like oh no like he actually got hurt and James had no idea. So she tells him, like, oh, I think he went to the vet. So he starts getting upset. Raquel walks past. He's like, um, excuse me. <laughs> she just told me that there was something wrong with Graham. And Raquel turns to Lisa and is like, yeah, I really would have preferred that you not say anything. <laughs> Thanks. But then they go outside to have a one-on-one conversation. James immediately starts crying. 
<laughs> after she tells him, oh, you know, I had to take him to the boarding. He got, he like tried to escape and maybe he, you know, injured himself trying to get under the gate. And he's like, that's just really fucked up. Cause like, he's probably scared and like searching for you and like scared alone. And like, I, I really want to see him. I, and I'm not making fun of him for this. It's probably really sad to think like, oh, that was your dog. You know, I've never been in a situation where you break up with somebody and one takes custody and it's like, I imagine, you know, as somebody who has a pet sitting business and is loves animals, I would think that would be really upsetting. So I don't fault him for crying. I really don't. But then he just like turns into an asshole. He's like, you know, for you, you have no decency for not telling me like it's really fucked up. And then he says in a confessional, you know, I'm not going to say like the D word or the S word, but you know, I'm just going to say that Raquel, you're not thinking it through. So the producer's like, what is the D word and the S word? Dumb and stupid. (laughs) (sighs) What do we want from James? You know, like, I think we're all in a place where James were, many of us find him to be like a problematic fave and not even maybe, maybe that's not the phrase, but like a, he brings something to the show. Certain je ne sais quoi if you will. But I would also like this man to grow up like in his real life. This is unsustainable behavior, James. Oh, yeah. Then we kick it on over to Schwartz and Sandys who have the horrific problem of optics. And you would think that maybe like, uh, I don't know, something bad happened there. But no, the problem is that people think because they had a party that they're actually open for business, but they're not. So they have the issue of people just walking in randomly during the day, expecting to be able to eat at this bar and restaurant, but they can't because it's all a facade. So that's an issue. Um, Brett, the house manager, says that uh, one of the dudes that they hired has been drinking multiple times or did was caught drinking multiple times at the Daily Mail party. And Schwartz is like, yeah, I really want to keep him. So it's really up to us. They say that the hiring and firing is really like the decision making is ultimately up to them. So where the fuck, where does Brett lie in all of this? Did you just come in here to talk shit about them? Like, what is his investment? I'm confusion. Later, Raquel, Lala, and Katie meet up for like a single girls. We're going to have drinks and sparkling water night out. So Lala gives updates on her situation with Randall. They're basically only communicating via a court-ordered messaging app. So that's a whole thing. Katie's upset because of the podcast. Because she dropped the dogs off to Tom's earlier, right after Sheena recorded the podcast with him. And she says that Tom said that Sheena has been pushing for Raquel and Tom to hook up. Now, Raquel takes a real slow sip of her martini and she's like, yeah, I mean, yes, to answer your question, uh, Sheena has been kind of encouraging us to make out too. And so then in a confessional, it's all over. It's all over. Katie says Sheena was a bridesmaid. She was there for her through her divorce with Shay. She tried to hook Shay up. It's like with one of her friends after the fact, Sheena would have been livid, which I don't disagree with, but I also like, that would have been damn near impossible for you to hook up anybody with Shay at that point. But I guess that's not the point. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So then Katie asks Raquel what she thinks about the whole situation. And she's like, well, you know, at first I was like, no, but... Um, you know, and I think about it a little bit more and I do like shorts a lot and I, I don't know, like I would never date him though. <laughs> so Lala goes, hold up. I'm going to defend my friend at all costs. If we want bodies laying here, it's going to be you hooking up with shorts. I get messy, but even I wouldn't do that shit. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's catch back with you in about 67 seconds, Lala. So Katie says, listen. I, I kind of feel like if you guys were to be fucking, that would be kind of weird for me. And Lala goes, no, Katie, your feelings would be hurt. And I don't want you to pretend like they wouldn't be. So Raquel's like, okay, well, it hasn't happened <clears throat> yet. But, you know, if I did entertain it, it wouldn't just be like fucking because I don't want a serious relationship. <laughs> Which, like, Raquel, <laughs> I don't know. They... <laughs> this isn't great like i mean shout out to you for being honest at least like you're saying it to her face i would be interested in him so you're not gonna catch her by surprise well i feel like she is gonna be caught by surprise but because katie's blaming the wrong people for this situation when she should be blaming uh raquel and tom for making decisions mostly tom but then second raquel and not so much sheena but you know choices were made So then Raquel says she's just really not in a place to be doing too much because she was really loyal to James for five years, but she's been hearing things that maybe James hasn't. So Lala goes, yeah, well, Raquel, listen, I'm going to tell you that I hooked up with him early in your relationship and early in mine with Randy, Randall. So Raquel takes it in real time, but in a confessional, she's like, you're an effing hypocrite. Well, Lala is like, well, you know, I was drinking, but I would never do that now, which, you know, I want to be sensitive to people's addictions, but I also want to be like, you can't say I did this purely because of your drinking. I I don't believe that in Lala's case. Like, clearly she had no issue, (laughs) you know, hooking up with other people's dudes. Like, that is a pattern of behavior. And yes, that happened while she was drinking and... You know, I don't know. I don't, I I think it's a little bit of a cop out to be like, well, I was drinking and I wouldn't do that now. And be like, no, you have to own that shit because you've been sober for quite some time and you haven't said anything to Raquel until this moment. So, you know, we got to take ownership for more than just your sobriety to me. 
There are plenty of people who struggle with alcohol who would not even think of cheating on their partner, you know? And then I'll ask Raquel, like, oh, are you upset? Are you feeling some type of way about it? And she's like, eh, you know, I'm actually more hurt that James got with Allie like a month after we broke up than, you know, whatever happened with you. So (laughs) then we have, speaking of James, he meets up with Tom. Tom Sandoval's doing a a rehearsal for his band, The Most Extras. James is going to be opening up for them at a show. So James is like really hype, like, oh my God, this is so great. But oh, oh, I love it. But in a confessional, he's like, you know, I think that the most extras is Tom's way of spending a lot of money and having a lot of fun. But Tom then reveals he is spending a lot of money. I don't know what is expected in the music industry, but seems like to me, this is being treated pretty well. If you're paying for people's transport, food, the rehearsal space, the practices, they get paid to practice. Um, you know, it seems like a pretty sweet gig. And all those people seem pretty talented. Like, I was bopping. I don't know what song that was, but I did a little two-step in my mind. James really actually killed me because as, like, a high schooler, I was a big fan of N.E.R.D., uh, Pharrell's band back in the day. So James says at one point... You know, I think one of the band members used to be an NERD and I had to laugh because they panned this guy and he literally did look like <laughs> like Chad Hugo, who was a former member of like NERD. <laughs> or maybe he still is. No, I think he's still part of the Neptunes of producing, but I mean, NERD is not really a thing anymore. And then James says, you know, I do think he should probably be more worried about, you know, opening shorts and sandies and not spending his money getting together a 14 people orchestra. You know, is he mad? <laughs> yeah, he is. And hot. He looks good. He looks good. <laughs> okay, let's move on. We're about halfway here. Um, so Sheena and Raquel go for a, a hot girl walk because Sheena's sister told her about it because uh, she saw it on TikTok. And so she invites Raquel to pregame at Schwartz's for Sandoval's concert with Brock, right? So Raquel tells her, yeah, I mean, I hung out with Katie last night and she really wasn't happy about the podcast and... She really doesn't like, you know, that you're pushing Tom on me. So Sheena's like, I'm not pushing anybody. But Raquel's like, yeah, I mentioned how we hadn't made out to Katie yet. But then uh, Sheena says that they had all gone to Vegas because, you know, Lisa was opening a new bar there. And while they were there, Katie told Sheena that she would embrace the rumors because the Coachella rumors had already come out. Katie tells Sheena she would embrace the rumors if they were true and that Katie pushed her to bring it up to Raquel, which I don't think happened. (laughs) So Raquel says, and Katie said she would be uncomfortable if we hooked up, but Sheena's like, okay, well, she should have never told me that then, you know? I, I don't know what to tell you. So Sheena says in a confessional, her relationship has been a roller coaster with Katie. You know, and it seems like they want to see the worst in each other and they have a really hard time seeing the good. But at this point, she's not going to apologize for the things she's not sorry for. And Katie needs to move on because it's a divorce. Now, this leads me to uh, Katie releasing some uh, text messages from her between her and Sheena about this whole situation. Um, So she put this on her Instagram stories. Says, Back in May, after we spoke in Vegas, I told Sheena I wasn't down for this shit. So keep going with this diabolical nonsense. So in the first screenshot, Sheena responds, so was that you putting up a front? Meaning, 
what you said in Vegas was that you just like, you know, trying to keep it cute. And she responds, when in public, that's how I present. So Sheena goes, literally, why would I think you were lying to my face? You were telling me how much happy you are, et cetera, et cetera, so, et cetera, so I've been happy for you. And then Katie goes, anyway, I just wanted to let you know I tried to RSVP for your wedding, but couldn't. So I don't know if she deleted some text messages. I don't, I don't know what happened, but um, then they talk about the wedding and then she's like, oh, I talked to my, you know, wedding planner or whatever. So Sheena says, you literally told me in Vegas that you want Tom to move on, I guess, because it'll make it easier for you because you had already and you encouraged me to push him and move on. And then Katie says, I want Tom to move on. Of course, that's not really what I'm getting at. Then the next screenshot Katie says at the top, I was pretty clear that I didn't mean or co-sign shit. So why go through with this? So the next thing is uh, Katie saying, I don't need you to help Tom with anything. And then there's a block of text that Sheena responds to, but she, you know, blurted out so we can't see it. But she responds with a question mark. And then she blocks out what she says, the first, but then the second message is, Sheena, get a fucking grip. My life is a fucking mess. And Sheena goes, I understand that now. When we caught up in Vegas, it was a very different story that you gave me. So forgive me for being caught off guard at the moment. Katie says, I was nothing but supportive when you went through your divorce. And then Sheena responds, I want to be here for both of you and Tom, both you and Tom. You're my friends and I love you both. And the third one, Katie says, after starting to lay some groundwork, inviting Schwartz and Raquel to her birthday, not me, it was very obvious, but sure too busy to check in with me. I don't know what that means. So then the other one says, um, Katie is responding, I'm selling my house, dividing my belongings, trying to find somewhere to live, record podcasts. You're telling Lala how much Schwartz means to you and blah, blah. Now, girl, sorry. You only want to be there for him and you using him to create drama. And I'm not here for it. And then Sheena responds, And I've been stressed AF, raising a kid, wondering if I still have a job. So I'm sorry you haven't checked in in the past few weeks when I was convinced in Vegas that you were so much happier right now. I'm sorry that's not the case and that this is hard. I know how hard it is. I've been there too. (laughs) Katie responds, always making it about you, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) She says, Sheena, no, I'm explaining how I have empathy for the situation. And Katie responds, you don't. Okay, so... (laughs) I mm, I think I'm confused because people are really going up for Katie. Now, let me preface. Sheena does not need to be encouraging anybody to hook up or like, you know, this is not her job. This is not like a task that has been sent forth to go out there and uh, hook Tom up with Raquel. Like nobody asked her to do that. <laughs> that we can all agree. With that being said... It seems like Katie's not denying that she told her like she was feeling footloose and fancy free and, oh, I want Tom to live his best life, but then you're going back on it. Right? Like, am, am I reading something different? And to say, like, well, that's just what I say in public. Like, how the hell was she supposed to know that, you know? But personally, I'm just not sure what's, like, diabolical about her genuinely not knowing that uh, Katie was not feeling great and then as soon as she found out she apologized and was like i'm sorry i get it now i just want you to be happy you know i don't see personally what is diabolical about that on sheena's end 
With that being said, you know, again, I don't think that anybody on the planet would be like, please hook my ex-husband up with somebody else. I'm begging you. (laughs) I think we could keep it real about that. What I think happened with Katie is, you know, we find out that she had just come off of hooking up with some dude she grew up with. That Katie was like feeling the high of that and was feeling very sexy and confident and blah, blah, blah. And was like, oh, you know, I hope, you know, you're feeling very like generous charitable in that moment like I hope he finds the happiness that I have because I'm riding on this high of hooking up with this dude right and then you know the weeks go by you start seeing him a lot more because you're filming him and maybe you're feeling a little bit more protective and you change your mind you know or you know things evolve that I totally get also for what it's worth I think we need to be honest about the fact that like much like I don't know like Robin and Wendy Kenny and Sheena were never friends. There's never a real friendship. Like at best, they're neutral with each other. But usually it just takes one little thing. (laughs) And I'm not saying this is a little thing. Usually it doesn't take much for Katie to turn on Sheena. We've seen this happen historically. She has no problem popping the fuck off on her at the slightest indiscretion. So, you know... (laughs) I think a lot of this is just like, she doesn't really, there's a baseline of I don't fuck with Sheena anyway that is going to heighten any situation in which she feels like Katie or Sheena is like coming for her or doing something sort of dastardly deed. Let's get to the worst part of the episode where Katie and Lala go on this double date with the world's worst LA transplants I ever had the displeasure of having to see. Like, did you guys come right off of the set of like, entourage what like a time capsule of douchebaggery the guy that katie got hooked up with goes by melrose oh i have like by the way no tolerance for like an la douchebag i am allergic highly allergic to them like please get the epipen as soon as they said i my buddies call me melrose but my name is mel I know. And he was trying to hide that he was bald with that backwards cab, but you can't, you know, we've all seen a hat fish and I know what I'm looking at. Um, Because here's a double thing. It's not just like that he actively goes by Melrose. You now have to deal with the whole friend group that thought that that was an appropriate name for this dude. You know, and that's a problem because that's now a whole universe of people that you've got to fight off. No, I don't feel well. Gotta go. Bye. And then he, like, basically proves himself because the waiter comes. Hey, you guys want drinks? Hey, what are you ordering, Lala? Oh, I'm a sober motherfucker. Don't worry about me. I'll just have some water. If I drink, I'll burn this whole place down, right? We all heard her scream this, right? 30 seconds later, Melrose. Oh, are you drinking tonight? Uh, No, I'm, I'm sober. I don't drink. Oh, yeah, cool, 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 cool. All right, well. Okay, Melrose. So then... They, I don't know, stupid conversation. Finding Dory comes up at some point. Ty reveals that he's never seen the Lion King. And at that point, this is like the first time I've agreed with Lala in a long time. Um, I have to go to the bathroom. Katie, you want to go to the bathroom with me? This isn't going to work, girl. Ty needs to be with a 23 year old girl, not a 30 year old, one year old mother. Let's, bye. <laughs> and then they sit down back at that table and they're like, oh, you know, like pleasantly getting themselves out of it. Melrose, you guys drinking tonight? see next Raquel and James schedule a a little visitation so he can see Graham and Raquel decides to confront him about him hooking up with Lala 
he's so fucking rude about it. Like, he does not want to take ownership for it. And it's just like, yeah, well, I did. You know, Lala did too. And, you know, she, like, wouldn't let me leave the room. Okay. So your dick got hard and you put it inside of her? Okay. (laughs) And then, you know, Raquel's trying to give him, like, a little bit of space to be like, yeah, that was fucked up. I'm sorry. No. No. Like, do you need closure with this or something? Because, like, I don't. I'm like, I've met somebody I'm truly happy with. It's, like, such a good thing. You know, great that we didn't get married. (laughs) Fuck you, James. Like, fuck you. Then it's time for the concert. Katie's getting ready by herself. She's listening to the Sheena and Tom podcast. So Lala calls because she's not feeling well. Like, "Uh, uh, I'm sick. But Katie tells her about what went in the podcast. She goes, you know, a friend wouldn't bring him on a podcast when he's vulnerable like this and try to coerce him into saying shit. Katie, get out of here, girl. Coercion? He's vulnerable? This is a grown-ass man that you divorced because he did all of the things. Like, come on. She's going to act like she is some sort of Black Widow spider who just like, oh, poor Tom. She coerced him into admitting that somebody else was hot. Oh, no. <laughs> Get real. <laughs> like, you cannot be, like, be for real, Katie. Be really for real right now. <laughs> so Lala tells Katie, you know, it doesn't sit well with me that my best friend says she wasn't okay with this. But then you re- invite Raquel over to Tom's house to pregame. And so Katie's like, yeah, she's a shitty person and a shitty friend. And it's fine because karma's going to come for you. And your world's going to burn and I'll smile. And then she does a pretty good cat eye. Yes, you know. Coercion. (laughs) Unbelievable. Oh my God. So then we go over to Tom's house and they're pre-gaming. Raquel's offering to help Tom, you know, with his apartment. Tom says Raquel's gorgeous. But he and Katie had to talk about not hooking up with other people's friends or like each other's friends, right? So then Tom and Sheena start talking about Katie and like, you know, how she reacted. And he and Sheena are both on the same page about like, we both thought Katie was past this enough to not care about any of this. And then Tom's like, oh, I'm, you know, all flustered about the prospect of Katie hooking up with somebody else. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> This act that he's doing, like, he can't even say fuck because of, oh, his poor sweet wife is getting dick from somebody else. Like, oh, I can't even say it. She's she effing somebody? Oh, don't say F, Sheena. Like, you can't re- repeatedly cheat on somebody and then be scandalized at the idea of them having sex with somebody other than you. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Gina tells Tom, I'm sorry that I hurt Katie's feelings, but I'm not sorry for doing things with my heart. (laughs) So when they all get to the venue, Katie's like waiting on Sheena at the dough, right? It's like, I'm waiting on her to say anything to me because I'm ready to, quote, drag a hoe. Okay. When have you ever done that, Katie? Like, come on. Even Stassi's got hands over you, girl. <laughs> like, we've never seen her drag anybody. Please. Everybody's, like, saying hey, hugging, greeting each other. Katie completely blanks Sheena. So when she walks away, Sheena's like, girl, what's going on? So Ariana's like, listen, I think, Sheena, I think it's optics. Like, you invited Raquel over to Tom's house to pregame. Like, come on, girl. 
Let's be real. So Sheena goes over to Katie and Katie's like, yeah, I know about all your plans, Sheena. (laughs) I don't care about what the fuck I said in Vegas. You're harmful. And you and your podcast should just stop, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. That did make me laugh. So then Katie says, there's no room for your thoughts and feelings in this, Sheena. And Raquel's like, okay, I would just like to let the record reflect that nothing happened. Katie, like, does not care at all. So then Katie accuses Sheena of trying to derail the good progress that she's made with Tom like a little troll. (laughs) So Sheena says in a confessional, you're mad at yourself. And you're mad at Schwartz. And you're mad about things that have nothing to do with me. So why don't you get back onto your bridge, bitch? So then Katie goes and tells James about, like, getting Tom and, you know, Sheena trying to get Tom and Raquel to make out. And, you know, how Sheena's always trying to make it seem like she's so innocent. And James like, oh, finally, finally somebody gets it. So in a confessional, James says that, you know, after he broke up with uh, Raquel, like, two weeks later, Sheena had her on her podcast. And we hear a clip where, you know, Raquel's talking about being verbally abused by him there was an emotional aspect to that and so he felt pissed off by that he called brock and was like keep my name out of your mouth and brock was like oh mate why don't you come on the the podcast then <laughs> like basically calling them opportunists right um so after that ariana tells sheena and raquel like i totally get how katie feels but this is another situation where Tom is just the guy everybody loves. And then Ariana really mentions it all by being like, in a confessional, nobody's ever mad at Schwartz. He makes decisions for himself. He does things that piss people off. Why is everybody always mad at everybody else but him? Now cut to Katie talking to Tom about, oh, she's a bitch. Sheena's a bitch. She's a snake. She's done exactly and he's just gee golly goshing him's way out of it like what (laughs) coercion i'll never forget that and like katie i don't think she would be this mad about it if she didn't think deep down there was a possibility that tom would do this right if she was confident so confident like this would be laughable to her and like she would have still every right to be mad at sheena but This is a lot of energy, and I just feel like when you're using words like he's vulnerable and you're coercing him, you think in your mind that this is a genuine possibility. I don't think she would be as pissed if she didn't see that. You know what I mean? (laughs) So then Katie tells Tom, Sheena's taking one conversation that I had with her after I hooked up with a childhood friend and she's running with it. And Schwartz is like, oh yeah, she, she said you guys effed. And Katie's like, no, we made out. And then he like cowers, physically cowers in his seat and is like, okay, okay, sorry. Like, I'm sorry, Katie. (laughs) Get real. So then Katie goes, you know, nice friends you got there. And he goes, you know, I really don't like you undermining my friendship. So Katie goes, you're not missing anything by not being friends with Sheena yeah why don't you think about the fact that he is saying you're undermining the friendship that i have right now with her because it matters to me why don't you worry about that (laughs) maybe that's something to look into um so then raquel tells james she decides to confront him she's like honestly i'm really drained after the conversation we had about you cheating on me because i felt like you were deflecting and james like well i just didn't want to go in the past like i was drained too 
Like, sorry guys, like I make mistakes and I just didn't want to make a big deal out of it because you know, this place, this venue that they're at is a sacred place for me and Allie. Like every time he gets caught on some bullshit, he brings up Allie and like how happy he is and what a beautiful place. I don't want to mess up this moment because Allie and I kissed there once or whatever the fuck. I Shut up. <laughs> so even Sheena's like, James, come on, really? So James goes, I, I can say whatever the fuck. It's not like, I, you know, I'm trying to get shorts and how to make out Miss Pumpkin Pie. <laughs> So the episode ends with James uh, explaining what pumpkin pie is as a personality trait. Because pumpkin pie is sweet on the outside, but it goes bad quickly. You know, the whipped cream on the top, trying to hide the truth. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh my god. I can't quit James. I can't quit him. Oh, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. I hope you have a great weekend. I'll be back on Monday. It'll be my birthday. We'll celebrate it. I don't know. Um, yeah.